Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's time for episode eight of Football and Random Things. We are a day late. I'm well aware. Everybody on the Twitter and on the forums made sure to let me know. Jeff, stop breathing that way. <laughs> uh, we're a day late, so I figured I'm going to make my presence known that we're actually still around. Do you want to let, let the listeners know why we were late? Whose fault was it? Mine. What did you have to do? Uh, I had a meeting. We're getting a, a brand new building built for our, our gym, and it is on the corner of State and 18th to, in Ankeny. That's a nice, beautiful brand new building. You're, uh, you're coming, in on my, coming in on my hood, but free, free you know, it's all good. Free pub here. Um, but we are getting our pull-up bars mounted off the walls rather than having them built from the floors. And so I, had to, I was there for about an hour and a half going through what we're looking for with the Ironworks guy. And so I had things like his time is valuable. Your time isn't. Wow. Yeah. For no, some I mean, reason, I thought you had a doctor's appointment. I don't know where that came from. No, I had an appointment. I had okay. a meeting at three with this guy. Okay. And so normally we start recording on Mondays at about two. Yeah. Give or take like one forty-five, two o'clock. Um, usually that runs to like three forty-five, And so I figured like we are not going to be able to get this thing under the wire. Nope. No chance. Uh, so I just said, hey, let's just not do this because I was going to be there from three to four thirty and we can't be random from four thirty to seven at night. Oh, I don't even want to know what areas of the world we would tackle if we were recording from 4.30 to 7 at night. That I'd would, be, things would get weird. I, I, see, and I'm, I'm hungry around that time, too. Like, I, I, I have a weird food schedule, so I don't eat lunch till like, 2. So I, uh, I would eat dinner at, like, I normally eat dinner at, like, 7.30, 8 o'clock. And so I'd start getting hungry at that point, and my brain starts to shut down when I get hungry. It's, I don't get hangry or like cranky at all unless I get really hungry, but I get like... You should become comatose. Not even necessarily comatose. Like I just stop, like whatever filter would be present in my mouth, like the activation of being like, all right, well, Jeff, this isn't this, the time or place to say that thing that starts to weaken as I get hungry. Like when you're talking about filters in your mouth. <laughs> uh, man, it's my fault today. Filter... You don't get it. It's never I, mind. I, it's gonna, a sex joke. I get that. Yes. Who calls it a filter? No, I mean it's not. A, I mean it's just. Why would it's you call the it idea a, of what it is? Where? Why would your brain go there? A filter? I'm just thinking you of just your th filter you just in think, your mouth. It's you, a filter on your brain, not on your mouth. You thought mouth was a funny word, and you thought anything that goes around the word mouth. <laughs> we haven't even got to our first sponsor yet. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, there's something else I was gonna say. This is oh no, I was I thought you had a doctor's appointment, and I was gonna come on and say, uh, Jeff, if you were having a hair transplant, you can be honest with us. But no, I would. Do you really? I would look super weird with hair at this point. I feel like I've seen pictures of you with hair before. My uh, my driver's license has hair. It must be an old picture. It's it is an old picture. Huh. Yeah. I'm glad you don't have it's hair. It's weird. Yeah. Because it was it was thin and like wiry. Like it was, it was flat too. Like I had flat, thin hair. It's not a great look, especially because like I have a pretty square jaw, and so you get like this flat, thin hair on top of it. it like it's like a thirteen-year-old, and then like a grown man. Like the, the the dichotomy between the top of my skull and the bottom of my skull yeah. really doesn't match up well. You do have a very square face. I do have a very square. You kind face. of look like a Minecraft character. Thank you. <laughs> We'll be right back after a quick word from Iowa Diamond on football and random things. This is Iowa Diamond President Chuck Kuba. After 20 years of serving engagement and wedding couples, I can't help but reflect back on the thousands of wonderful folks we've helped and ask myself, how can we be so lucky? 
Is it our incredible rink selection or the quiet private atmosphere? Then came the epiphany. Out of all the people in the world, we make you feel like you are the most important people in the world. Because at that moment, to all of us at Iowa Diamond, you are. Visit us at iowadiamond.com or in person anytime. You'll see what I mean. And we're back. Football and random things. That was very by Iowa Diamond. That was very much more random things and much less football to, to open the episode. Wait, what's football? What's that? Was it a was it the round one? The, or, the round orange one? No. That's that's shooty hoops. Oh. Iowa State with a forty to thirty one win over the Texas Tech Red Raiders on Saturday. Further confirming that uh Matt Campbell is a exponentially better co- coach than Cliff Kingsbury. He knows what he's doing. He does know what he's he doing. He knows what he's doing. Should we start on offense or on defense? Can we start on the one bad part of the game? The special teams? Yep. Yeah, let's talk about some special teams. That this was... is, I hope Tommy Birch from the Des Moines Register is listening. <sighs> that was just... It, it was... It, it, that's not even... It was like the coaches were unprepared. Because I guarantee you, they said like, hey, you leave a short corner because they, they have those spread, mm-hmm. kind of those open sets. You leave a short corner on punt. Um you have to spend extra time doing this. And then whomever was the right guard or that person on that side either didn't look at it, didn't go by it. And if it, let's say that the, I think the protection actually went away from him. And if that's the case, then one of a couple things has to happen on that block punt. Either Dunn has to recognize that, Hey, that guy's unblocked. Cause it's sort of like, like a quarterback. And so, so I was on punt team and my responsibility is pretty straightforward. I was the guard. I was right next to the center or the snapper. I never really had to sift through that much stuff, but communication is huge on special teams. And so whenever you get up there and you see them like pointing, like, it's not like, Hey, look at that guy. It's usually on punt team because there's so much, just like, there's so much crap that the other team can do. Really. You have 10 guys that are blocking and one guy that's punting. They have 10 guys that are trying to either block the punt or block you and one guy returning. So you're 10 on 10. If everybody takes a person, you're matched up. It doesn't matter. And so when you're, I mean, granted, the snapper can't really help that much, um, but usually they have to account for him somehow. Otherwise, you get a free runner straight down the field, because especially because Steve Wartell is actually kind of a pretty good athlete. Um, we have the battle of the long snappers this weekend. Ooh. Steve Wartell's brother is the long snapper for Kansas. Ooh. There's a, it's a little tidbit for you. That's a random fact. It is a random fact. I think um, that was in the game notes. It's the only way I knew that. Oh. Anyway, um, so as a punter, and he hasn't done this much, so I would hope this gets better. Because, again, he's, he is not a traditional American football punter. Yeah. So these things will get better. Hopefully they like, I don't know if I've talked, I can get to my like experience thing, my little, little soapbox there. But anyway, um, what his job basically is to see is like, all right, the guard is pointing at this guy and the tackle is pointing at this guy and know his protection because let's say they don't cover up the long snapper. Then there have 10 guys rushing for your nine guys blocking. That means there's one that's coming free. You got to know where that guy is. And you got to know how basically like size up in your brain, how long it's going to take for him to get there. Mm-hmm. So on pro punt stuff, a lot of times that guy is stacked over the middle and he's it's, there's just a pile of crap with pro punt, meaning they're like all tight together. Not what Iowa state runs. A lot of times that extra guy is right in the middle and there's just more crap for him to sort through. So you just need to know, like watch that. Um, but on spread teams, that guy could be anywhere. And so what spread punt allows you to do is get down the field way faster. 
you way faster. Um, but it also opens up lanes for something like that. Right. But anyway, uh, what he has to do, because I think this is what the case, I haven't watched it back. Um, I think the case was the protection went to the left and the punter came or to the offensive, the punt team's left, and the block came from the punt team's right, Correct. coming straight off that tackle. Completely untouched. And I'm going to guess that was because he was the unblocked guy. And so yeah. that's the usually you try and leave because that guy could be anywhere. When you're communicating, guard says, I've got this guy. And the tackle says, I've got this guy. You try and put the one that no one claims as far away as you can and make him run the farthest distance. And then that one's on the punter. So like, let's say again, let's say they don't cover up the snapper and they do have a free rusher. Then that free rusher, when he comes up there, if he has to run 22 yards because he's way outside the formation, I'm going to snap and punt faster than you're going to get there. Right. That's kind of the, the gamble they're going to take. Um, I would say there's probably a combination of all the things of, again, I didn't watch it back. Maybe the tackle just missed it. Maybe he was supposed to stab on the guy and... I don't, I don't think so. It's just free rusher? Yeah. Then that's on, that's on the punter. Well, and that's kind of where I was talking to, to Rob about this uh, during the game. And that was kind of my initial thing. I was like, man, I, think, I feel like Corey Dunn did something that he shouldn't have done there. Or at least he was not paying good enough attention to something. Or I don't mm -hmm. know what the situation was exactly. But that's what I was kind of thinking. Yeah. And there was a couple guys that got through where to where the shield had to pick up, I think, two people. And then that guy just ran right past the rest of them. Yeah, because the, the defense knows, like, if you've got, you know, we've got 10, you've got nine to block them again, sans snapper, then you're, we're going to run in, run our nine guys into your nine guys, and we're going to make sure that you leave one open. And mm -hmm. so they, they have a good idea of where those guys are going to run into those other dudes. And, you know, if somebody beats somebody, great, plus, but they're planning on that one guy being the block guy. Right. So that you're occupying all the rest of the space. Um, so uh, we found, a, like, like, who would have thought that a punter being inexperienced would have as much ramification on a season as it has? Yeah. I mean, it... it Really hurt them in the game against Iowa. Yep. Uh, led to at least six Iowa points, mm -hmm. basically. Uh, when else? This game, This obviously. game, except they were able to win this one, mm -hmm. which was uh, obviously one difference. Uh, the kicker really hurt them against West Virginia. Well, I, the protection really hurt against West Virginia. Yeah, but he did miss a kick. As he did. He missed the kick this week, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's... Uh, Man, I, they got to get that situation figured out. The field goal? Yeah. Yeah, that's going to cost something at some point. Right, because I think that they are they are in a position right now where if you're inside of 35 yards, I feel pretty good about Connor Solly. Mm -hmm. When we get much further out than that, not not, not, that not trusting the odds too much no. at that point. And, and that, especially if you're going to get to into games like with Texas where – regardless of how good or bad Texas is playing at the time, um, that will be a close game. Yeah. I mean, it's in Austin. They're a good team. Like, Texas, you're going to need a field goal. How close have the Kansas State games been for the past 10 years, independent of how good either team is? That game has potential to be pretty close. Even, mm -hmm. even though Kansas State's not very good this year in relation to other teams they've had, 
that's going to be pretty close. Like, I, I don't know if that's just a, a, a train a Sally up. Uh, I mean, this year, I think he is what he is. I mean, I don't know how much yeah. consistency and distance you can put on him without any, like just a little bit of confidence, but um, special teams really are the thing that you look at with this team and go, eh, it's not very good. I feel bad. I, I, I don't feel too bad about Corey Dunn because it goes back to that experience thing. I mean, right. he's only a sophomore. And, he does, like, we, and we've seen him do a lot of really good right. things. It's just not consistent. By the time he's a senior, I'm confident that he will be a... By the time he's probably a sophomore. He is a sophomore. Uh, well, second year playing. Yeah, so next year, yeah. I'm, I'm confident that he will get a lot better in his time at Iowa State based on just the fact of what his base is. Yeah. You know, with Connor Solly, I just, I don't, I don't know what to think because I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, I'm confident in saying that I think Cole Netton had a much stronger base to begin his career. He was just more purely talented than what Connor is. Mm -hmm. And I would say that is what worries me. They need that freshman kicker to get it figured out to the point where they can use him. I think, if you're going to use a scholarship on him at this point. Yeah. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? I do get what you're saying. Um, and I, the, the weird thing about, <laughs> about field goal kicking and, uh, the kickers are some of the, f- the most fun people on the team. Um, Mahoney and net and like funny dudes, Edwin Arceo. Um, but the, it's also like, all right, you guys are in a uh, boxing match. Now here's what you're going to do to decide who wins the game. So I'm going to give you a putt-putt golf club and you're going to hit a ball in a hole. Wait, what? That's completely different than the rest of the game. Why are we doing this with this one person? Such a specialized skill. Well, good luck. There's your thing. It's completely different than the rest of the game, but that guy has to be consistent. I don't know, but that was the only thing. And even the past two weeks, if you look back at West Virginia, Purdy made a stupid freshman mistake in the West Virginia game made another stupid mental mistake about taking a, like holding onto the ball in the end zone mm-hmm. and getting a, a strip sack. Yeah. That was another I stupid think, freshman mistake against stuff he'll learn from. I don't think he was helped by the play call there either. And that's kind of what Matt Campbell said as well. He's, I mean, he said, you got to get rid of the ball, but he's like, we probably shouldn't have been trying to throw the ball 50 yards down the field from our own end zone though yeah. either. Right. You know? So it was, but again, it's a couple of stupid mental mistakes. Outside of that, the only real bad plays in the entire, both games. Really? Get out of Casey's way, Jeff. I'm sorry. I have these gorilla arms. She actually works here. She wor- does, what's work? <laughs> um, but really the only bad plays in the past two games, period, have been special teams plays. Yeah. Because there's the blocked punt, there's the missed field goal, there is a missed field goal in the West Virginia game, and then the blocked field goal in that one. And all the rest of them are just, you know, obviously the, the stripped sack, not great. The interception in your own territory against West Virginia, not great. But those are things that you can kind of account for happening at some point. Like mm-hmm. there, to go through a game like last year, Iowa State fumbled zero times until the bowl game when it really wasn't actually a fumble with Montgomery being in the end zone before right. I fumbled it. But anyway, they went 12 games in a row without fumbling. Well, they fumbled, but they just always got it back. Right. But, yeah. but, but that's, a, I mean, that's a statistical anomaly that had literally never happened. Yeah. And so at some point, you're going to turn the ball over. Those aren't things that are that are um, immune to happening. In most games, you're going to have a turnover. Like, obviously, you, the desire is to not have one every single time, but, like, even teams like, can, you know, like the teams that I think of when I think of turnover margins, like the Colin Klein Kansas State Wildcats. They're, like, plus 27 or whatever it is. 
they still would be plus 27 because they'd get like 35 turnovers. Right. But then they'd also turn the ball over six times. So like every, at least every other game, it's going to happen. You shouldn't have kicks blocked in back-to-back weeks. Those things don't happen. Those things don't happen. Like no. throwing interceptions happen. I mean, Fumbling happens. Getting two kicks blocked back-to-back weeks, that doesn't happen. Nebraska, or not Nebraska. I don't know what I'm thinking about. Iowa State hadn't had a kick block blocked in like six years or something like that. I mean, something crazy, you know. I don't know when the last time they had a punt blocked was. I didn't even think to look at that, but I can't remember one recently. I don't think we got one blocked. Yeah, I don't. I was there. That just does not happen very often, you know. I mean, it's been – we were talking about this one day in our Slack conversation. I don't think in the entire time that I've covered the team, I don't remember them – ever really even coming close to blocking a punt you know uh, iowa state like trying to block a punt i don't ever even remember it happening so it's like that just doesn't happen that often i got close in, once in college football now when uh actually was again was against texas tech it was against texas tech it was in 2010 it was my first year playing like actually playing not redshirting and we ran a punt block against, I don't remember, I really don't remember who the team was against. Let's say it was Texas Tech. I think it was. Um, but I, like one of the things you have to do is you have to put your hands low. You block punts low, you block kicks high. And so I, I made, a, like even Shane Burnham used it for like three or four more years. Like right off the line of scrimmage, perfect. Again, like highlight film literally showed like, hey, this is what it should look like. And then I got to the kicker or got to the punter and put my hands high and it missed my fingers by like a, like a few inches. If I would have put my hands low, like I was supposed to, I would have blocked a punt then, in my real first season of substantive action. Then you could have had two highlights in your career. Two, two whole highlights, <laughs> almost three. Do uh, you know who leads the big 12 in turnover margin? The... It's true. No, sh- sh- Nikes plus sixteen. How? <laughs> okay. The absurdity of that statistic is that, like, if you do the math, so like the same math that comes up with people being like, "Hey, you should go for it inside the if you pass fifty yard line, or you pass the fifty yard line, and it's fourth and three or less, you go for it." Like that same kind of numbers statistical stuff. Yeah. Um, says that like I don't remember the exact numbers, but like if you win the turnover battle, you win like eighty-seven percent of your games. Right. And if they're plus sixteen, and they've lost five out of their eight games, then they're statistically ass backwards in everything. Here I can. I'm gonna pull them up because I. It it really was crazy. I mean, on one hand, they did play Rutgers, and I think Rutgers threw like five interceptions in the game. But how does Chris Chris Ash still have a job? <laughs> what what more do they what more can you ask for from them at this point i don't know the team's so terrible it's like oh are we gonna just pin this all on chris ash at this point (laughs) they have forced 23 turnovers 13 interceptions and 10 fumbles wow they have yeah i mean there's no other team that's really even close to having forced 10 fumbles. That's kind of ridiculous, but that is ridiculous. Uh, then they have only given the ball up seven times plus 16. Good for them. I mean, that's a note. Texas, Texas is second at plus five. So what's Iowa state. They are about even They're plus two. Yeah. I gotta be right about even. Yeah. Seven interceptions, three or four forced fumbles and for 11 total takeaways. All right. 
So there you go. There's your fun stat for the day. Kansas is plus 16. I'm interested. I'm going to look and see what they are like actually in Big 12 play, though. They are in Big 12 play. They are plus four. So they're plus 12 in non-conference. Well, they played Central Michigan and beat Central Michigan. They played Central Michigan and beat them, and they played Rutgers and beat them. So, yeah, that I think that they they were probably, what, plus five or six in each one of those games. Yeah, that's why Dana, when they asked Dana Holgerson about it before West Virginia played them, he said, yeah, that's the Rutgers effect. (laughs) And then Will Greer went out and threw three interceptions. Well, that happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we did a detour off the of special teams. Yeah, but, I mean, I was, statistics. I wanted to throw that statistic out there just because it's so, plus sixteen. It's just so it's so goofy. That's ridiculous. I, that is such a statistical anomaly that you can be that high in turnover margin and still lose that many games by that many points. Oh yeah, I would have point differential's got to be minus at least fifty, right? I can look because they didn't kill either one of the teams that they beat. Well, like, they beat Central Michigan a decent. Like 31 to something. I'll put it to you this way. They're averaging 20 points a game and they're allowing 37 points per game. Not good. And that's in, Big that's just point. in conference games. So not great, Bob. That is not great. Not great. That is very certainly not great, but I'm willing to bet that plus 16 probably leads the nation in turnover margin. <laughs> that's one of, that is a, that is an anomaly. It's one of those like, all right, Actually, it doesn't. What does? Plus 19. Bama. Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern? What's Bama? Bama is 6th at plus 11. LSU is 5th at plus 12. That's going to be a game this weekend. The top four are all about... I mean, like Georgia Southern, I can get it. You know, because they, I think they play really good defense, and they're in kind of a. I mean, in they're they're in the they're in the fun they're in the fun belt. Yep, so sunbelt fun belt. Yeah, you never know what can happen there. UCF. Plus 13. Undefeated. I can understand that yep. one. Undefeated. And uh, they don't exactly play the greatest of teams. And then Fresno State. Plus 14. They have their one loss, aren't they? Uh, one loss, maybe two loss. I, I couldn't tell you. To be honest, I what have no kind idea. What sports host are you? Sorry that I'm not paying enough attention to the Fresno Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's like, no, I'm sure you, teams go out there and play. And they get in that debilitating heat. It's like 110 degrees every time somebody goes and plays there. At Fresno? Yeah. It's also in Fresno. It is Fresno. You ever been to Fresno? I, I've been in the airport in Fresno. Don't go to Fresno. I wouldn't want to go there anyway. Nope. Uh, all right. Do you want to talk about the defense or the offense now? Or are you done talking about special teams yet? Let's just call it that they need to, they need to improve. Um, I mean, this week, it's a chance in a pretty low stakes environment. Like, <laughs> low stakes. This is the easiest road stadium to play in. Like, Did you see their field rush? It took like 30 minutes for them to like get onto the field. They, I don't think that their fans filled past like the 20 yard line. <laughs> <laughs> and they uh, didn't start in the middle of the field. They started on one of the end zones, which was another weird thing. And they're, and they're storming the field after beating a one conference win TCU team. Oh man, don't. Yeah, that was us. That was us. Pour one out. <laughs> Anyway. Pulling out for Sean Robinson's shoulder. Yeah. Um, They've had two more people get hurt, too. I think Braxton Lewis was the one that hurt in the first place, wasn't it? It was it? Eisworth, maybe? I don't remember. Um, side note. They're the worst team in the league, TCU is. Yes, they are. But Which like, is yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah. Because they've always been good. Like, any Gary Patterson TCU team is, like, solid. They've been, they've been killed by some... I mean, Robinson gets hurt. 
they've had some bad injuries on the defense. They had two more starters on defense get hurt, I think, for the season this past weekend. Mm. So they won't be able to play the rest of the year. And then, obviously, the whole Cavante Turpin situation is a thing a, of, its, of itself. Do we get a mulligan? Against them? Yep. Unfortunately not, because I don't think they're making it to the Big 12 championship game. Damn it. Well, there goes that. Anyway, uh, the road games, as far as like playing, Kansas's stadium is the most fun to play in. Here's the, let me tell you the ways. So one is when you're on offense, like you prepare on opposing stadiums for it to be really freaking loud. Like our practices the day before, like our, our Thursday practices, which are, and we talked about last week, yeah. were it's, it's, you get like, five periods of mostly full contact. It's like thud, but like mostly full contact um, special teams. And then we would take our shoulder pads off and walk through like your 12 play script and you'd walk play what you think and then correction mistakes and whatever, whatever. And the entire time in the offensive period, they have these huge ass speakers pumping a tremendous amount of just ambient noise. And there was like the same like track of crowd noise they would play on Thursdays. So you had like this, you know, and then there was one like, let's go. And you can hear like that guy. So you can just wait for him to come back on every yeah. like five or so minutes. Just a loop. Yeah. Just it's that same loop. But anyway, it's just a tremendous amount of noise. And so like you plan on not being able to hear anybody. And so we talk about the punt team, like how you're communicating between people. So like the offense, the advantage the offense has is that we know where we're going. Like we are calling the plays, the defense is reacting. Right. The disadvantage that we have is that once you're set, you only one person can move at a time. They have to stay set. Defense can do whatever they want. Like they can run all over the field before the ball is snapped. So our advantage, their advantage, whichever one you want to have is whichever one you want to have. But anyway, our, the, the way that we solve our disadvantage is communication. Like you have to be able to say when someone does run up or when someone spins away or they shift on the line or whatever, who's got who. And so if you're, you know, especially offensive linemen communicating between each other. And so places that are really loud, like Kinnick or Norman or, or wherever, it's hard. It's genuinely hard to hear the quarterback and I'm standing a yard away from him at Kansas. <laughs> you can have a conversation with the guard at pretty much room volume because w one, and I took it. So I took a sports psych class back in sophomore year, um, uh, with Mr. Anderson. He was an interesting fellow. Uh, but Anyway, Mr. Anderson, and the three, there are things like home field advantage, like why does home field advantage exist? Mm -hmm. And it's not a home field advantage, it's an away field disadvantage. So like if you played at a home field or a neutral field, you'd play roughly the same. Like the location doesn't make you play better. It makes you play worse at opposing fields. So the, and that's because communication is where the stress and anxiety gets put on there. And so how you add stress and anxiety are density, proximity, and size. That's what makes a crowd good is so density, proximity, and size. And so proximity, meaning how close to you are they when you are performing the thing you're performing. So, so Oklahoma, think Oklahoma state, Oklahoma state, they're sitting right on top of you, but think like, like even more so like outside of football, like basketball games have a much more pronounced home court advantage than football teams have a home field advantage, right? Because the, the I mean, the people are right on they're top of you sitting. Like if, if they farted, you'd smell it on the floor. Anyone who's been to, Allen Fieldhouse, like, think like that. Yeah. Where those people are literally right there. And I mean, even Hilton, like, yeah. you, Mel Weatherack stands up on the sidelines because he's celebrating somebody dunking. Like, 
if he takes a step forward, he's on the court. Like right. that type of proximity is what makes it difficult. And then density is how tightly packed the crowd is and how little free space there is. So like, uh, again, think Hilton. So like it, there are 10,000 people or 15 or whatever Hilton holds. 14,734, I think. Okay. Is it. 14,734. It holds 14,734. If you put 14,734 at Jack Trice, yeah. it's like, this is... This is weird. This is this is dead. Yeah. So it's not the size of the crowd that's the most important thing. It's the the density of the people, which is why like you and I at the McLeod Center only holds like six or seven, but it's a pretty hard place to play. Correct. Because there is everybody is just shoulder to shoulder in there, and then size. Once those first two things are met, that's when the third one becomes actually important, which is how big, how many people are in here. And so now you've got a you know, you're playing at, I think, let's say Norman, like that's, that's the, 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 was the hardest field to play at because the stands are sitting right on top of you They're It's always a sellout and there's 80,000 of them. And so you have proximity, density, and size. Kansas has none of them. So talk about proximity. There is a running track around the outside of the football field so not, and they also have a pretty wide sideline before you get there. It feels like a high school stadium where there's like eight yards between the sideline and the track. Mm-hmm. And then the track is, I think it's three and a half feet per lane. Um, so you have eight and eight lane track. So it's another 25 feet. Then there's the wall and the first row of people. So you're like 40 feet away from the stands where like, again, like Oklahoma state, like you run into the wall if you get too far out of bounds. Yeah. A guy uh, bruised his tibia playing for Texas the other day because he ran into a headset case. Right. Like it's sitting on top of you. So then you go to Kansas and it's everything's super far back. And then density, let's, we don't even really have to get that far into it, but I think the capacity is maybe 40,000 and there's at best 18. Yeah. At best there. And so you have not a lot of people sitting really far away from you. And there's not, <laughs> they're not even that noisy. So like there would be a guard and one of our guards was like Ethan Tufty. And I remember this. Um, Do you want to know the average home attendance for Kansas football games? Can I year? guess? Yeah. Um, 17,450. Uh, it's a little bit better than that. 21,446. Capacity is probably 40 at Memorial Stadium. Y- yeah, probably somewhere in that range. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not great. Not great. No. Not great. What it feels like if you've never been down there is take Drake Stadium and scale or just add another like 15 rows in each direction. And that's pretty much what it is because it's a horseshoe style stadium with one big board on the other side. It's dr- Stadium's a dump. Drake Stadium, add 15 rows all the way up, all the way around. Yeah. That's what you get. And the speakers that they had like for the warmest are like sitting on the field. Like it, it feels like a high school field. Anyway, we were playing down there and this is the year that we just kicked their ass. It was like 42 to six or something like that. It was the Sam Richardson game. And uh, Ben Heaney was a linebacker and you can hear so well what your communication is. Like I can see a lot more than the linemen can see because they're lower. And so I'll be like, hey, Tufty, watch 47. 47's coming, 47's coming. And Ben Heaney, I think it was 47 was his name, but I, I remember what it was because I, I talked to him like different ways. And I was like, 47's coming, 47's coming. And he's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> it's like you can hear so well everything and then tufty started giggling and then he ended up blitzing because you had to tell like what he was going to do so like 47 is coming no i'm not (laughs) so that's no wonder they're so bad dude (laughs) it's such an easy place to play man i feel like being in that program 
and I'm, I will give them this. They are better than what they have been. They yes. have to be. They to are. Be, to have won three, three games. games this year. Three. But, man, like it would be. They don't, I don't, they're not filling 85 scholarships, are they? No. It would be hard, dude, like to, to be some of those guys where you're just like, where if you're like a senior, you know, and you've worked your way up to where you're, you're playing. And in reality, in a normal program, you probably wouldn't be playing. Mm-hmm. It'd be hard to not be out there and like hear some of that stuff and just be like, and just be like laughing your ass off at the fact Dude, that, that looking the, around and you're like, man, I should not be here. Right. I should not be a division one college football player right now. We, uh, that Kansas was always really fun to play. I mean, one, because I was undefeated, um, when I played against, played against them, but the, because they didn't take themselves seriously at all, like, nobody shit talk. It's like now they do take themselves seriously, which I think was represented by the thing they did to Baker last year. It's yeah. like all of a sudden they're like, no, nah, we're not, nah, we're, we're, we're a right. good team here. All right, buddy. Yeah. Uh, you had a guy named, was it fish Smithson or something like that? Something fish. like that. They had a guy named fish. Their best player's name is Puka. Yep. Uh, but anyway, he's actually super good though. They, um, but they were all, they would never take themselves seriously. I remember we were playing in the ice bowl. I think I've said this before. The the our senior night and it was freezing cold and I don't know man I, it wasn't that cold you could have worn shorts and a polo out there I think stop it stop it right now but anyway they wait we have we've been going long enough to have inside jokes props to us um, but everybody uh, knows what that that joke is though only the uh, only the the farters the OGs the OG farts <laughs> correct oh uh, hashtag OG farts. Um, <laughs> out of context, that's awesome. Um, anyway, so we're playing at the ice bowl game and there's a defensive end. I think it was number 58. I don't remember. 58, 68, something like that. And so he's, we're like, Hey, it's a TV timeout. We had come out too soon. Um, and we like Grant Rohach and I were in the backfield and then we would always just talk just conversationally with the other team, especially Kansas. Cause they would just, just BS with you. And we're like, Hey, 58, you want to be here? And because he's standing with like his hands in his <laughs> armpits and he's like shaking. He's got long sleeves on. You can tell he has like four pairs of tights on. We're like, hey, 58, you want to be here? And he just shakes his head no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's like the kids that when they come to Hildness, you know. Fordham? D- yeah. Well, no, not Fordham. They've never been here. Southern or, you know. Alabama Tech A and T or something, just like <laughs> some goofy school that you know, directional, directional state, and and you can just see on their faces that they're like, what we, are we even right, doing? They're like, we are being. It's like I want to just play basketball, and I am basically being exploited. Traveled across <laughs> the country to basically play for the Washington Generals. <laughs> We're gonna just get. I don't want to get dunked on like four more times. Can I just not? Is that cool if we don't? And you know that the coach goes into every game like, all right, guys, you know, we're going to go out and we're going to get them. <laughs> and it's just like in, in your brain, you're like, no, 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 we're not. We're not going to get them. Coach, I've been on that team. Before. We're not as good as these guys are. Can we just say that? Like, I, we're just not that good. Yeah. It's not that we're bad. We're just, they're just better. All right. You want to talk about either the know. offense or the defense? <laughs> no. How'd we get there? Uh, it's bad. Retrace our steps a while. Well, we 
We talked like about special teams. That's a 20-minute like detour. We talked about Kansas and their, about their Kansas. lack of home field advantage. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, the other fun thing. Of, oh, I remember that I just want to say I had this thought earlier, and I lost it in, like, in the whole train of everything. <laughs> uh, there is not – I can't imagine that there is an athletic program or athletic department in the entire nation, maybe an athletic department of any sort in the entire world – that has a larger discrepancy between, between their, their home revenue. court and advantage in one <laughs> sport and the home court or like the home advantage in another one. Like for as formidable as Allen Fieldhouse is, Memorial Stadium is as far on the opposite direction <laughs> as I think as it could possibly be. At least like Hilton, you know, you're scared. Like Hilton is a scarier place to go play. Like Jack Trice has always been a tough place to go play. It, you know, there's not that wide of a of a difference, even mm-hmm. if the teams might not have been mm-hmm. that close to the center. And but even like Gallagher Iba, like Gallagher Iba, the it's it's hard to play in T Boone. Like it's a it's I mean it's not excessively difficult, but right. like Gallagher Iba, prior to them being terrible, which they're not good, uh, but prior to them being terrible, like Gallagher Iba, Iowa State didn't win there for like eighteen years. Right. And it's still a hard place to play, just I think because even when there is you know, it might not be full, but I think just because of the way the building is built it is, you know, a tough place to go play because it still can get loud, even if there's not that many people there. And then there's Memorial Stadium in Kansas. Maybe the only ones that would be close are Oklahoma for basketball. I'm not sure what their basketball home Gaylord court environment is like. Or whatever. No, it's like, is that right? I think it's Gaylord Family something. I thought they called it. No, the drum is at Texas, I think. Oh. That's where, uh, and that was, that was the other one I was going to say. I'm not sure what their advantage is like. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, well, TCU doesn't really have much of either. That, that feels not. They just oh yeah, that uh, home stadium's not that. No, that one's not that good. Their basketball court is, I think, is pretty tough to play at. It's super weird to watch on TV. Yeah, because they just did the. It's new like a white design court with stuff, like a yeah. like a, like the scales pattern. It's yeah. really strange. Did you know that they added uh, red like to their color uh, scheme because horned frogs shoot blood out of their eyes, they, like they're predators. That is messed up. Yeah, so now they have, like, red in, in their color scheme. Mm. Kyle Kemp wore a blue uh, Iowa State sweater with the blender bird today. With the with the tornado chicken? Yeah. Tertiary blue is back. Woo! All right, we're actually... Where, where did we go? We're actually going to talk about football. Or no, we're At not. least talk about Iowa State's win over Texas Tech when we come back on football and random things presented by Iowa Diamond. Hey guys, it's Williams here. On the podcast, on our radio shows, we talk a lot about point spreads, you know, all that stuff. To be honest, I'm not a big better, but I'm really just fascinated by that industry. And I want to recommend a service to you guys today, if you're interested in that sort of thing. MyBookie.ag is the website. If you join right now, and if you give them our promo code, they will match your deposit dollar dollar this is a really good deal our promo code is 2427 again that promo code is 2427 they have live in-game live betting they're in the business for you fantasy guys out there you can bet over under on fantasy points for players there's all sorts of really cool things mybookie.ag again that promo code is 2427 you play you win you get paid mybookie.ag. Hello, Fanatics. This is Chris Williams. There are few financial commitments you will make in your life that are more important than where to get your mortgage from. That's why I want to tell you about my friend Jason Larson at Gershman Mortgage in Ankeny. 
Here's a real review from a client on Facebook. Jason was amazing to work with. He kept in contact with us where we were at throughout the whole process. When we went to sign, he had coffee and donuts for us that morning. He was super kind and helpful, and we said we would refer him to anyone looking to buy a home. Now, that's just one review. Jason Larson, Gershman Mortgage, in Ankeny is an equal housing lender. Their NMLS number is 138063. Give them a call at 515-554-6177. Please tell him that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatics sent you. Welcome back to Football and Random Things. Uh, I actually do need to say... And Chris is going to be really pissed at me because I didn't do this at the very beginning of the podcast. But I wanted to remind everybody about our basketball tip-off party Friday night, November 2nd at Whiskey River in Ankeny. Of course, the special guests will be in attendance. The special guest will not be Jeff Woody. But uh, everybody come on out. Have fun. Whiskey River, anybody that's ever been to our parties before knows that they are a great time. Also, Saturday at Buzzard Billy's in downtown Des Moines, a game watch with those fools over at Wide Night Natty Light. I'm just kidding, guys. You guys are, are awesome. I love you. Uh, come on out, 1030. Watch the game. Have some drinks. Eat some food at Buzzard Billy's. You and I will be in Lawrence. Yeah, I will not be at either one of those events. So if you want to come out and hang out with us, if you want to come and talk about football and random things, you can come and do that. But we won't be there. You just will not do that with us. We're going to be in Lawrence. For Correct. That game. My grandparents live down there. You're going down to work. I'm going down to work as well, a little, but I'm more just going down to see uh, Doris and Ron. Uh, Doris and Ron Morris. They're very kind people. She's like four foot seven. Doris Morris. Doris Morris. Yes. She married into that name. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, they live in Lawrence. So I'm going down to see them and it's uh, going to go take a nice relaxing sit in a, uh, it's like watching a high school track meet. Rob and I are staying in a scary super eight. I hope that Ooh, we live. Neat. Yeah. Uh, I know we said we we're going to talk about like the actual game, like for the Texas Tech game. Uh-huh. But I just had a, a, like a reminder of you were talking about the stadium. And like, I remember one of the antics they tried to pull with like getting them like all pumped up for the home game right before we kicked their ass again, that same game uh, down in Memorial Stadium, which the campus is beautiful, by the way. I love if I was just going to school, school, not playing a sport. I very would strong. I would very strongly consider the University of Kansas. It's a really good education. It's a really pretty campus. It's in Kansas, which is too bad. Um, but anyway, then but the the football facility. It's right. It's a you know you have a pretty view up into campus, and uh, but there's like thirteen thousand people there for their senior night, which is really kind of sad. Um, but they're doing senior night. I'm pretty sure, and they came out and they warmed up in their blues, their blue jerseys. Did they switch? And they went back into after their warmups and switched into red jerseys. And we beat them by 35 points. They're wearing white jerseys this weekend. Well, so what's Iowa State wearing? I don't know. They haven't announced it yet. White. Not white, apparently. White. That'd be a weird move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to wear white? I'm going to show you. We're going to wear an even whiter white. <laughs> yeah, they're wearing like white with blue pants. They're throwbacks of some sort. I don't okay. know. I don't know. So I would video ass- of them. I didn't watch it. I would assume Iowa State's wearing red then. Yeah, that'd be my guess. Know. Red on what? I wouldn't think that you would wear black on somebody else's home field. Be a dick move. Yeah. I mean, they're not beyond that, but a little bit of dick move. Yeah, I would assume they're just going to wear Cardinal. But so I, That'd be my guess. It's just such a... 
I actually think I had, uh, oh yeah, I, I picked up my, my little, my seed that, that fell as we went on that previous tangent. Um, if you are going to resurrect this Kansas program, because I just remember talking about school, if you are going to resurrect, resurrect this program, the sales pitch you're going to have to have is you're going to have to get the kid in order to build the program. You can't try and compete for the kids that Iowa State is going to be trying to get or the kids at Texas Tech are trying to get or whatever. You got to be getting the ones that are academic, but also good at sports and sell the school. It's a really good school. It's, a, it's like it's more like the University of Iowa than it is Iowa State. It's more an, um, a medicine and law school. And so like if theoretically, because I got recruited by them, by Brandon Blaney, uh, who later became Iowa State's offensive line coach for like two seasons before getting canned. Mm-hmm. Um, I got recruited by them and they stopped recruiting me, which fine, whatever. But if they're going to like, if you're going to sell, you're going to start to target the kids that are just looking, that are looking to be really good at school and then build it sort of like the foundation of what Kansas State has done with like boring. Isn't Todd Reesing like a doctor? Probably could be. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's that's a re- what it's it a is. It's a really good yeah. school. Uh, I mean, I was, most, what's funny is the conference is filled with really good schools. Like U, UT is one of the highest academic schools in the, in this country. Iowa state for like engineering and business is really high. And uh, I mean, obviously you go down the list, there's a whole bunch of really high academic schools. Um, and that's not the case in every single conference. Yeah. <laughs> SEC. Um, just, sorry. I need to take a drink of my Gatorade. It's a, uh, it's no wonder Kansas is a good school. I mean, I, to get intellectuals like uh, the Morris twins or uh, Andrew Wiggins, um, you know, send some sarcasm. So uh, some of those guys that you just know are great students, great ambassadors for the student athlete way of life, uh, and they and clearly they're on on their own volition. Right. Exactly. Just pure on the merits of the school. Correct. Yeah. I'm sure it had nothing to do with the, you know like $200 million contract that Andrew Wiggins signed after college with a certain apparel com- company. How the hell are the coaches not getting in trouble for this? This is a whole, what man, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing again? What are we doing? <laughs> We're talking about offense. <laughs> we are. We're talking about the Iowa State <laughs> offense. No, don't get me on that thing. Cause we're, we're never coming back. If we start going down that road, I can promise you that. Uh, all right, yeah, Iowa State's <laughs> offense. So they played very conservatively compared to what we've seen from them. Uh, until the end of the game. Until the end of the game, correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which I, uh, I don't know what the exact reason for that was. Um, I almost wonder if that was just the plan. They're just going to lull them to sleep. And just try, I mean, they, they in the past have been, and we talked about this, like you're, they were trying to eat clock and get as much of Texas Tech out of their own, mm-hmm. like get Texas Tech into their own way, like make them start screwing up, which they did by the end of the game. Um, so it potentially would have just been the, I mean, that could have been the, you know, bide your time and be Floyd Mayweather yeah. in the boxing ring. Don't be Floyd Mayweather outside the boxing ring. Don't, nope, don't do that. But I want four jets. Um, I, I would say that his balance sheet is probably red more than it's black. Yeah, I, I would say that's without a doubt true. Um, anyway. But like that, the re- when you watch him fight, it's boring as hell. Like nothing he does is exciting. He doesn't knock anybody out. He just doesn't lose because by the time you get to the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth round, you're just too tired to do anything, and you're you're out of your own sorts. Right. 
but I think that's probably what, that could have been what the game plan was. It also could have been because they didn't connect on the things they wanted to connect on some of the times. Like, they missed some down-the-field throws. Um, and I, I don't know, again, whether that was because of pressure, whether that was just because the route wasn't run perfectly, whatever. Um, but I thought by the end of the game, that was the, what the offense that you expected to see throughout the rest of the game. Um, can I, I'm going to go on a limb here. And uh, number 30, numbers 32 and 18 are good at the football. It's almost like we haven't talked about number 18 and number 32 being good at football for now eight consecutive weeks. They are. I'm willing to bet that one of them is probably the eye-catching player of the game. I haven't even looked yet. Just tossing that out there. I don't know. I have 42 might be the Ames eye-catching player of the game. Yeah, that, that might, might, be that my, might be That would actually be my bet. I mean, even if it's not, I would say he should be. So that would be my vote. Probably should have looked at this earlier. Uh, but offensively, um, what's funny about it is they still they scored 40. I mean, granted, there's one defensive touchdown. But they scored 40, and they should have probably had two more touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Because on drives, like, there was one that got a hold, called for a holding on, the, like, the seven-yard line. It got pushed back, and then Sally kicked a field goal. And then there was another one where they were on, like, the 19, and... Texas Tech had a defensive penalty of some sort, and Iowa State had an ineligible man downfield, um, which I don't... I, I asked this before. I don't know what Brent Bloom's thoughts are on this. Oh, he thinks Mike DeFee's awesome. What? Yeah, he says he's the best... Uh, says that's the best crew in the league. I call market giant baloney on that. I'm just telling you what he told me. We talked about this Saturday night. I think... We asked him. I think the Mike DeFee crew is the worst crew in the Big 12. He said that they are by far the best crew in the Big 12. He uh, said there's a reason that they've done multiple national championship games. Well, I, I disagree. That's also just could be sour grapes. It could be. I, I mean, I know that the, the legal man downfield thing is weird because it's of the subjective. way that, I was just say the RPOs and all that kind of stuff, that, that rule has really, there's some fluidity to that whole thing, depending on who it is that you've yeah. got out there. It's like traveling. Yeah. Where like, Sure, when you catch it and like in basketball, you catch it and one foot's on the ground and then you take two more steps and make your first dribble. Like technically that should be traveling, but it's never called that way. But then sometimes it does get called that way. And you're like, where the hell was this like seven minutes ago? Um, and so the, the ineligible man downfield thing. But anyway, they had two penalties negated by ineligible men downfield, which I think is, again, dumb. But they should have potentially had two more touchdowns rather than kicking one field goal from that because they were driving at the time, got momentum, would have gotten another 10 yards or not kicked you back out of the red zone. And, uh, and we are talking about them playing okay, right? Mm-hmm. Like they scored 33 offensive points and we talked. They're like, eh, that was all right. Because the, the, they had a defensive. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, they scored 31 because they got a safety too. Oh, right. Yeah, so 31, excuse me, 31 offensive points. And they're, when we were, we were talking about them having an, an okay game. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, that's exactly what it was. It was just like they, they were out there and they're like, we're going to do enough to win the game. And then we're going to let our defense that continues to prove that they're out of this world mm-hmm. just go and do their thing. And then we're going to leave with a win and we're going to be happy with it. And that's all we need to do. Well, I think the other, the other fun thing, and so actually like we can – we, I don't know if we, do, we, if we dove like exclusively into this, but I got a question from a buddy of mine, and he was like, we're having a debate at work. We got, I got a text. He's like, we're having a debate at work. And one of my Iowa State fans is like trying to dub Brock Purdy like the next greatest thing of all time, like the next Seneca Wallace. 
And then I'm over here thinking like, this is again quoting this guy. I'm over here thinking that the guy's started two games and he's played in three. Let's not anoint him yet. And I don't know. I mean, because then he goes, and then you look down to Barnett and Jansen, Richardson and Park and whatever, whatever, whatever. And, and even Zeb. I will say that it, it did not take some of those guys that, that long to... They would have their high moments, and right. then they, they would combust rather quickly. Right, and so here's, here's, I think, the reason for a lot more optimism for Brock Purdy's consistency than there is, uh, than there would be for, like, say, a Sam Richardson. Um, point number one is the team that is around him is significantly better than mm-hmm. the team that they were on. And so they have to, Brock Purdy has to do less. Like, yeah. he doesn't need to be good. He didn't complete 50% of his passes this Saturday. I think he's like 12 for 27. Like he didn't have, that was, that's not a good completion percentage. And yet they still scored 31 because the completions that you're going to throw to a Hakeem Butler for 14 yards because of how good he is goes from 14 to 50. And so that becomes a good touchdown. So he doesn't have to do as much. He's also set up a lot more for success because we've talked about this before. They lose one starter on the offense, assuming nobody goes to the NFL, like, which is really 32 is probably the only one that I would think would be in the top three round. Like I would think, and if this is me as David Montgomery, I'm very pro school, like very much pro school. So I'm not that guy. That's like, man, you're here to play football, play football. It's not like I got, you want to know my opinion though? What? I don't think that kid will leave. I would say if I am David Montgomery and I get a top three round pick, if I get a top, I would, I would be gone. I would say the, my thing right now, just based on what the time I've spent around him and what I know about him, Mm -hmm. I would not be at all surprised if it takes someone telling him, no, you need to leave Yeah, for him to leave. Because I think that he's like, he's committed. He is that committed to finishing the job yeah you know what i'm saying well and, and that that I, I get that and i'm not saying that this is what it would be i'm saying if i was in oh, his yeah. shoes and again but we, we know you're all about the money though, that's so that's it good. that's it i mean i so iowa state paid for two one iowa state paid for one and then the big 12 paid for another one of my degrees so like i again very ed, pro education but the point of college is it not to prepare you for a professional career and when given the opportunity to get a profession you turn down the profession to finish college to get prepared for a profession, that doesn't make any sense. And so to me, when you're given the opportunity to leave for a guaranteed job, you go. And so, and from now, like, let's take, okay, so like, well, well, if he's gonna be a sixth round draft pick, all right, fine, fair. That one's debatable. You might come back, might improve your draft stock, draft stock might come down, roll the dice there. But if you're gonna, if you're gonna be a top three round draft pick, first, second, or third, the guaranteed money, I think at the end of the third round is like $3 million a year. Mm -hmm. If you come back and God forbid, like the the thing that comes to mind is like Matt Barkley. So Matt Barkley, uh, he was a top five pick and he would, if he had, he come out his junior year, he comes back, doesn't even really have that much injury thing that happens, but God forbid you have a bad season. And he goes from a first five top five pick to a third round pick. And then out of the league later, because the contract is structured much less securely for the third rounder than it is the first rounder. And so I think the guaranteed money for like the third overall pick or fifth overall pick or whatever, let's say it's a first rounder. I mean, it, it drops precipitously from first pick to 10th to, to last pick, but let's say it's, 
like an average, and we can probably pull these numbers up, but I'm going to say the average is probably $10 million a year. Average first round draft pick. Still blown away by the fact that you use certipitously. Pre- precipitously. Precipitously. Um, it's like precipitation. Yeah. But, um, but it, say it's an average of $10 million a year. The third round is an average of $3 million a year, which granted $3 million a year, if you're going to pay me to do pretty much anything, that's a great salary, no matter what. But that's $7 million a year over a three-year guaranteed contract. That's $21 million that you're leaving on the table. And so now you go from the third round to the seventh round, then you're going from $3 million a year, let's say on average, again, made up numbers, then the end of like the, the seventh round draft picks, again, very good money, but it's like $800,000 is what your contract is worth. Again, you're going to give me $800,000 to do something, great. But if you're going to say... I'll give you $2.1 million to do this last year or leave a year ago, I would. So if I'm David Montgomery and I get a top three-round grade, I would leave. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Let's say he even does leave. He's really good, but Johnny Lang is back. Kanae Wangu's back. And Sheldon Crony. And the two kids that got coming in the are pretty The two kids too. that are four stars that are coming in yeah. out of high school or are redshirting. They're coming in, right? They're coming in, yeah. So the, the two four-stars that are coming in from high school to now are back. And so even with Dave Montgomery potentially leaving for the NFL, which again, I'm not saying that's the case. Let's not put that rumor out there. What I'm saying is what I would do. So let's say you lose Matt Eaton and you might lose David Montgomery. Everybody else comes back. So to, to circle back, the Brock Purdy thing is his team around him is significantly better and set up to succeed in the future with much less turnover. Mm-hmm. The all five offensive linemen return, which is a huge deal with the, the continuity and communication between them is going to keep Purdy a, a lot more upright because you have to go through less shifting. And even I think... Especially uh, when you consider the fact that three of them will be... Juniors. Three or four of them will be seniors. Or going to be seniors. Yeah. Because Julian... Um, Knipfel. Knipfel. Meeker. Um, Meeker. And is 63... Uh, Colin Olson. Olson, I believe he's a junior, but I don't know for certain. I'd have he's a junior look. or a senior. Yeah. Let's say maybe he loses. I know he comes back, but okay. I, don't, I so can't remember if he's a sophomore or a junior. I think he's junior. a junior. So yeah. then you'd have those guys coming back. So that's point number two is they're set up really well, and they're set up to succeed in the future because the roster is really young. Uh, and then three, he's more talented. Like the, the people that wanted the other quarter, and Chris always is big on this, is like, I don't care what his stars are, I want to know who else wants him. That's what makes me know how good of a recruit he is. Who else wanted Brock Purdy? I mean, his final three were Jimbo Fisher, Matt Campbell, and Nick Saban. All right. I mean, if if Jimbo and Saban want the guy that you have, that means he's probably pretty darn good. Right. So, I, I mean, no offense to Sam, but Sam didn't have Alabama coming for him. Who was who? Who else did Sam have? I don't. I want to say like South Florida or something. I don't know. More than me. That's true. More than me. Most do though. Most do. But I let to answer the Brock Purdy question. I guess on offense. I mean, I think you posed this question for yourself. I did because I wanted. I, I remember you posed the question and then you answered, answered the, the entire thing. So what do you think, Jared? You might as well just have the show by yourself. It'd be like uh, I'm having a brain fart now. Uh, the guy that's on Fox. Um, Coward. Cow- yeah, Colin Coward. But even he has like a producer person that sits there with him that he can bounce things off of. A producer? Like Kristen, Christine Leahy. Don't they just get her. like a really, do they just get like a pretty girl and just put, in this, put her in no, the I, same I studio? That's, that's a really 
I'm pretty sure that's what they do. That's not a very good thing. No, Christine Leahy's really good, dude. She's got her own show now. I don't. I again, I don't. When you look, you're at, saying some problematic things. <laughs> so you're telling me that that's not the case? No, because I think that she's legitimately really good at her job. Okay, let's. But what I'm saying is. That person, yeah. If that person is five foot, forty-seven years old, five foot two, and two hundred and six pounds, do you think they get that job? They worked for Stanford Steve <laughs> with SGP. Yeah. When was the last time a woman who didn't look like that got that job? I don't know. Different standards. Open up and open up a huge can of worms. Yeah, you so really just that is a double standard. That is an illustration of the double standard. When I have to issue a public apology for you tomorrow, well, it, illuminating the fact that. Women are judged more for their looks than men are. It's fair. It's fair. That's a, that's a thing. Uh, are, we, are we not gonna? No, no. I'm not gonna deny that. I'm, and I make no apology for such things. This is really. Yeah, I just blew my own eardrums out. Yeah, that really hurt. Uh, <laughs> bye, Casey. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that you can uh, leave this cesspool that we have entered ourselves into. Uh, I will say the thing about David. Like one thing that you look at that is kind of a, a point towards leaving. Look at what's happened to Bryce Love this year. Yeah. You know, I mean, he hasn't been able to put up near the production that he did last season, and he would have been in that same – I mean, he would have been a top 10, 15 pick in the draft, yeah. comes back, and now has really not had a very good senior year. You and, know? yeah, if you get that, you get no faster – I mean, your, your stock will never be higher. And even if it is, uh, the risk of it dropping is significantly higher than the risk of it climbing. Yeah. It's not scare anybody, but I wouldn't. If I'm Thummer 32, and they're like, and your grade is like late first, early second, go, man. Go do your thing. Be an ambassador for Iowa State in the NFL. Like, make everybody proud here by going to be the Jets starting running back. You that know? doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> 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 go, go, it, David. We know that you could come back for your senior year and be a Heisman candidate. We'll go play but, for the Jets. But <laughs> you could go and start as the running back for the Jets and get your ass kicked with Sam Darnold. Doesn't that sound great? <laughs> you, uh, you, you want to go? You want to go play for the Cardinals? <laughs> <laughs> they almost have an offense. No, their offense is, is the other running back that they have. <laughs> yeah. It's David Johnston trying to not die. David Johnston. Johnston. That's what Paul Rhodes put on his recruiting letter. Were you guys in the same class? We were. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Missed on that one. Hey, at least at least he knew your name. Yeah. It's because we asked for a meeting in his office. Which was cool. Which happened. That's fine. Yeah, that that was a it's a miss. That was yeah. That was, Kirk, that was, that was a little Kirk bit of a screw up. Kirk and Paul, I think, both kind of screwed the pooch on that one. Well, yeah. I mean, he was like the best player in the NFL for one year. Now yeah. his offense is so bad that it doesn't really matter. But <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know that that wouldn't be any better for David. I don't think. Where would be the a good? I mean, situation. he would end up like on the. So let's say, well, if you're if you're well, end, on end the, of the first, I would say on the bright side, he'd be at the end of the first. Yeah, if so. you're on the, if near, you're near the end of the first round. You're going to be with a good team. Who like, needs a back? That's going to be in the playoffs. Hmm. I mean, the Patriots will make anything work. Yeah. And Cordero, I don't want him to Cordero be a, Patterson. I don't want David to be a Patriot. Why? You don't want him to win a couple Super Bowls? 
you seem to think that Tom Brady's going to keep playing for... Even if he doesn't. Did you see their offense last night? They were awful. The Patriots? Awful for almost the entire game. And they still won. Because they were playing the Bills. (laughs) God. That's a high standard. Wow. Well, for the previous four games, they had scored, what, 40-plus in the NFL? Yeah. They're good. They're they're a whatever. They've had a lot of injuries, though, too. No, I could see him ended up, like, on the... Could you imagine Kareem Hunt and David Montgomery? Like with the Chiefs. They just talk about Matt Campbell all day. Like they just replace. Yeah, I mean, Spencer Ware's probably getting close to the point where it's like he'd have to move on. And he's like their number two back right now. You know, mm-hmm. that might know. not be that far outside the realm of possibility. I don't know. Because you know that those guys have looked at what Kareem have done, has done. And they're like, uh, yes, please. Yes. Give us this guy. Get we will gladly one. accept him. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Man, that'd be fun. Dave Matt Campbell's just going to become the running back guru. He doesn't even coach running backs, but it's just like every running back that he gets, <laughs> they all just go to the NFL and become stars. You heard it here first. Dave Montgomery is going to get picked by, uh, this is this will be a little bit of a prediction, uh, by the 30th pick in the NFL draft by the Kansas City Chiefs. Wait, so you're saying the Chiefs aren't going to make the Super Bowl? Correct. No, you're already wrong then. Who'd they lose to this season? The Patriots. No, nah, they're not losing them again. No, because I, I legit think I have watched Chiefs football. Like, that was the team that I watched in Southwest Iowa. You know, that's who everybody liked Mm -hmm. down there. So, I have watched Chiefs football for a long time. This is far and away the first Chiefs team that I look at, and it's like, this team legitimately can win the Super Bowl. The problem is their defense is getting better, but they're still not that good. I'm surprised that they haven't made a move today. It is the NFL trade deadline today, which is has nothing to do with this podcast. But we're already on this this train of thought. But, uh, no, I think that... If they can keep winning, I mean, right now, if they keep winning, they're putting themselves in a position to where Which they could if, end up if, getting the... Ho- if, if they have to host if it's New an England... Air, if it's an arrowhead, yeah, yeah that's different. But if, if they host New England, I think that they win. But they've got to pl- they still have to play the Rams. I mean, in, in New Mexico. So they, they already have one loss, and they already lost the Patriots, and they do have to play the LA Rams in Mexico. Who handles that better? Going to Mexico. I would think the, the Rams... I don't know. Andy Reid. I trust Andy Reid as a coach. But, I, I mean, assume that they lose one game for the rest of the year. I mean, the Patriots. Okay, so they go 14-2. That would also assume the Patriots wouldn't lose the rest for the rest of the year. But what are like, they? Have they only lost one? Twice. Oh, they've lost they two. They've lost oh, twice. Okay, and so, so, yeah. But if, they lose, if, the, if the Chiefs lose just to the Rams and they both went out, then the Patriots have home field advantage. Right. And you'd be hard-pressed to tell me that in December or January, January, that – Pat Mahomes is going to go into Tom Brady's house in Boston and beat the Patriots to get to the Super Bowl over Bill Belichick. You'd be hard-pressed to tell me that. So, hence... Man, they've had enough injuries that I don't... I'm not buying it. I I will never... I'm a Broncos fan. I will never, ever doubt or bet against the Patriots. I mean, how many... So, Tom Brady's, what, 5-2 and in Super Bowls? He's been playing since 2001. So... 5-3. and 5-3. So, 8 Super Bowls since 2001. The odds of him being there are just about as good as the odds of him not being there. The first Super Bowl I legit remember is like the first one they won. Yeah. I cried. I was a huge Rams guy. Mm. Big, big, uh, greatest show on turf guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, like talk, talk about like a weird, like a, 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 you were in elementary school when Tom Brady started. Yeah. I would have been like six years old. Yeah. When Tom Brady started playing, he, you were in elementary school. He is still one of the best players in the NFL. 
15 years later. Man, Never a, doubt the Patriots. What a world. So, All right, well, Dave Montgomery is going to be the 30th pick in the NFL draft by the Kansas to Chiefs. To the Patriots. To the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> All right. Now that we've debated this now for 10 minutes, uh, we're going to take one more break. We'll talk about Iowa State's defense. We'll talk about Kansas some more when we come back on Football and Random Things presented by Iowa Diamond. Hey, guys, it's Chris Williams. We're in the heart of football season now, and I got to tell you, I feel a lot better than I did a year ago, and I owe a lot of that to Dr. Kruger at the Ames Eye Clinic. Also, uh, their Des Moines location is, they're called Des Moines Eye Care in Des Moines. Same guys, really great eye doctors. I never thought that I had eye problems. I don't really have problems seen or anything like that, but I was suffering from chronic headaches. I mean, it was nonstop. I always had a headache. And I think a lot of it was because I stared at a screen all day. Dr. Kruger took a look at my eyes, took him about a half hour, and he knew exactly what was wrong. Prescribed me some glasses that now I use while I'm on my computer, while I'm working for you guys at Cyclone Fanatic all day. And man, has it made a difference. I'm even sleeping better. I challenge you, if you have a problem like this, any sort of eye problem, to contact our friends at Des Moines Eye Care and the Ames Eye Clinic. You can check out DesMoinesEyeCare.com or AimsEyeClinic.com. I would encourage you to do this and tell them that we sent you. Tell them thank you for supporting what we're doing here at Cyclone Fanatic. I honestly have no idea how people are going to react to this podcast, Jeff. Because the women's double standard thing? No, we're not starting on that again. We are recording right now. By oh, the we way. are. Yeah, we are. We are recording right now. I genuinely thought you were just asking, like, no, I was. Air. I was. Uh, I was giving you a cold open. But you gotta give me a little warning here. I just did. Oh, cool! Thanks. We're starting. Yeah, we. We're twenty six seconds in now. Neat. That's <laughs> how professional we are. I don't even know what's going on. I, I mean, I generally assume that if I'm addressing you by name, I'm probably. Not just like talking to you. We're the only people sitting in here. <laughs> okay, fine. When you put it like that. This week's Ames Eye Clinic Eye-Catching Player of the Game with a resounding 85% of the vote, Mr. Marcel Spears. He better have been. This week's Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week is now this week's Ames Eye Clinic Eye-Catching Player of the Game. Two interceptions, including a pick six. Second pick six of his career, both of them coming against the Texas Tech Does he make it a hat trick in his career next year? <sighs> Man. That'd be something. That would be, that would be something. That, at that point, it, like, we'd have that, – like, that's at the point where you're like, man, Marcel, like, what is it about <laughs> Texas, Texas Tech? Texas Why don't you get interceptions other times? Uh, he had one against TCU. Okay, yeah. And so that's it, I think, right? Yeah. So it's the Texas teams. The Texas teams. Oh, my God. Marcel's going to get another huge interception against Texas. Boom. High five. There we go. That's going to seal the game. Woo! It's nice. Marcel's going to... Who's, who's going to be picking off, though? Bouchelle or Ellinger? Ellinger. Ellinger said today he's 100%. Okay. I don't know that I believe him, but that's what he said. Either way, Marcel Spears 42. He has his third pick on the year. Ames Eye Clinic, eye-catching player of the week, Marcel Spears. Uh, did you see my column that I wrote after the game on Saturday? No. I... I really don't do much of the interwebs. You could still like get on the website that pays you. I could. And just, you know. Through peruse. Yeah, peruse. I'll, read, see, I'll, read, I'll read what Rob writes. Oh, wow. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think I genuinely just offended you there. And uh, Jared's walking out of the room. All right. Um, okay, asshole. Yeah. Well, you already know that. Our text conversations have gotten very contentious <laughs> as of late. Uh, I don't know how many middle finger emojis I've used. Really just direction. the really just the there was the one. That was pretty it, good though. Yeah, I can't remember how that even It was uh you were talking about like uh you had made an insult. Oh yeah, you asked you if I a had threat. a hat. If I had a hat you could yeah, wear. Yeah, because I'm I don't have hair. We've already discussed this and uh it was very sunny and I thought you had a ball cap on. And I was like, "Hey, can I borrow your ball cap for the rest of the game?" And he said you said, "I don't have a hat." And so I called you a dick. And then you threatened to do something to me and you said, "Hey, that's a 6 out of 10." You don't want to see what a 10 out of 10 is. Oh, no. I, I told you, uh, I think I told you that I hoped you get a, a sunburn. Here, I can, I can pull it up. Oh, it, was, it wasn't as, as red as the devil's something. I said, I do not have a hat with me. I have a jacket with a hood. And you said, you bitch. And I said, hey, you don't say that. Like off Steph Brothers. And then you called me a bitch again. <laughs> Committed. And then I told you that I was going to fill a pull, pillowcase full of bars of soap and beat the crap out of you. And then you said... Then you have to clean up all that poop. <laughs> it's, it's much more fun when you take trash talk literally. So then, and then you said, I know you meant that literally. And I said, I hope you get a sunburn on your scalp redder than the devil's penis. Which is a bit explicit. And that is the point when you flip me off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was creative. It was a creative flip off. Yeah, we really, yeah, that, it got intense. This was in the middle of the game, by the way. <laughs> this is middle of the second quarter. Uh, but yeah, Iowa State's defense. This is what I wrote about on Saturday, back to what we were just talking about. <laughs> this has to be the most random things of football and random things that we've had in a very long time. I was, so I was looking at the statistics. Can you stop? Can you stop, please? I had an itchy beard and I was trying to scratch it under the microphone, but it didn't work. No, no, that won't work. <laughs> just move the damn mic, Jeff. Um, so I was, I was looking at Iowa State's season statistics defensively, and it just got me thinking, could this be the best defense in the history of Iowa State football? Again, I think the bar is pretty low. Yeah. Um, when we say but, ever, I mean, it's not like you're, you're comparing against Ohio State history. Well, no. But at the same time, as of Saturday, Iowa State is in the top 10 nationally in rushing yards allowed per game. Less than 100 yards allowed in, against per Big game. 12 teams. Rushing against Big 12 teams. And against Iowa, mm -hmm. which is, you know, historically one of the best rushing offenses, obviously. In the history of Iowa State football, at least, so I went all the way through the record book that I have, year by year, looking at the rushing yards per game stats to see when the last time Iowa State had allowed less than 100 yards rushing per game. It has never happened. They started keeping that stat in 1946, and it has never happened. It's impressive. And, and then this is the best total defense team since 1986, which was Jim Kreiner's last year as the head coach at Iowa State. Been Mike Bush. Huh? Would that have been? Yeah, he would have been a tight end. Oh, I thought he played linebacker. No, I think he played tight end. Rob wrote a Where Are They Now about him. Oh. He's also a baseball player. That, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he definitely played tight end, though. Oh, I thought he was a linebacker. No, he's a big miss on that part. Definitely a tight end. Big but that would have been that like part. that same okay. area, era, you know. Uh, and then this is the best pass defense that Iowa State has had since 2010. So 
combining all of these things, I was like, man, I can't imagine there's ever been a defense that was this good in each of these categories well, and historically. And if you look at the back half of the season versus the front half of the season, you wouldn't see any reason outside of should, Texas going off. After you took your microphone off, you should move it back up. There you go. You wouldn't see any reason why, again, how professional are we? You wouldn't see any reason why Iowa State's defense would slip from where they are mm -hmm. because the offensive threats that they would have seen already, the best offenses in the Big 12 are Oklahoma, Texas Tech, West Virginia. And then Texas has probably got to be at least close-ish. And then Oklahoma State. You think those teams are probably your best offenses? I can tell you right now that the four teams remaining on Iowa State's schedule are 10th, 9th, 5th, and 6th in total offense in the Big 12. And so the remaining portion of the schedule looks favorable to I for Iowa State to hold those numbers. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you could argue against it, especially if they continue to win. Well, especially with the, the rushing stat, their next two opponents are 8th and ninth in rushing offense. And their final opponent is... Oh, wait, that's actually rushing defense. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong one. Where's rushing offense at? Well, I think Texas is probably close to, or is higher on that list. Uh, yeah, Kansas is ninth. Uh, Baylor is sixth. Texas is fifth. I was going to say, I know I'm looking at the wrong thing because Kansas State was 10th, which is mm -hmm. still kind of weird that Kansas State is 10th in rushing defense. But this is a weird year for them. Yeah. Yeah. That is, Kansas State has averages 342 yards of offense per game and 184 of it is rushing. Which is pretty much all they do then. Yeah, it's literally all they do. It's basically... 100 and something yards passing. I, it's gotten to the point now where Kansas State media members are saying that Bill Snyder needs to retire. Like it's, I think everybody's like fully off the wagon. It's like it's time to go. He's 78 now? Something like that. I don't know. Old. Do you know Pete Carroll is in his 70s? Pete Carroll's like 72. Dude, Pete Carroll was like an NFL head coach in like the early 90s. Yeah, so. Pete Carroll's like 72, but you look at him, you're like, oh, that's a 57-year-old dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think when you think more about Pete Carroll, you think of his like USC days. I mean, you look at him right now. He's spry, moves around well. He wears dad shoes. He does wear dad shoes with his khakis, mm -hmm. chews gum yeah. aggressively. Yeah. My favorite Instagram account is middle class fancy. It's just like dad jokes all the time. <laughs> In the Nike Monarchs? Yeah, they, uh, they have a, a meme that they did where it was uh, the Nike Mo Monarchs versus the, I don't know, whatever those new balances are, the white new balances. <laughs> and it just, it, it just like shows the pros and cons of each side. <laughs> it's like the Nike ones. It's like uh, perfect for a, a good game of shooty hoops. <laughs> and then the new, balances, the new balance ones are, it was like... Uh, Easily withstands grass stains for a Saturday morning while mowing the, mowing the lawn <laughs> or something. It's just like that kind of stuff. Uh, so we can just put this out. If you own a pair of Nike Monarchs or if you look at them and go, those look like pretty nice shoes, you're an old white guy. Or me. I would, I would gladly sport a pair of, of, Nike of Nike Monarchs. If I was going to dress up for Halloween, I would be like a... An old white guy. An old white. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Basically. Or a dad somebody's they're just a tucked in short sleeve button up shirt mm -hmm. into khakis with a brown belt no you got to do a button up shirt with just like a plain white tee underneath mm. like open you know with your uh ca like cargo shorts no you have to have, it has to be a t-shirt underneath a buttoned up button up because it like the it can't show too much skin 
So it has to be the button up that has to be like one or two buttons down, like the Dwight Schrute shirts, T- both of which are tucked in. <laughs> I was going to say. With a braided belt. Oh, my gosh. White socks that go up mid-calf. Yeah, not the tall socks. Not the tall not ones. Not the tall ones. No, no, no. Mid-calf. Not all the way up. Not no, all the way down. Not even mid-calf. Maybe like right there. Just above the ankle bones. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Right there. And then uh, Nike Monarchs. God damn it. That sounds like a smooth son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking a few crispy boys. <laughs> Enjoying a... He had a he had a beer this weekend. He went a little bit overboard. A Mick Ultra. He had a Michelob Ultra. And then uh, had one hot dog. That left, I mean, left, the, his friends were watching the ball match on the TV, and he left it halfway through the second quarter, just he had, he had yard work to do. Nance needed him to clean the garage tonight. <laughs> is, he is, there's somebody that's like looking in a mirror right now, like, why are they talking? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, How did we get here again? <laughs> Have we talked about anything relevant? Well, we talked about. I tried to talk about the defense, and you just didn't have anything to say. Well, they, the the, fun, the this this defense, is by, this is the last time we record this podcast on a Tuesday. I can <laughs> promise you that. Uh, this defense is so good; it's not even fun to talk about because there's nothing that the other team does that is different than weeks prior. They get trapped the same way. That's not what Cliff Kingsbury said. It's the same thing. He said after the game that uh, they played terrible on offense. Oh, weird. Mike I, Gundy, did, or not Mike Gundy, uh, Dana Holgerson didn't say that either. Right. That's what I, I quoted, like I typed out the quote because it, it was just on the sheet that Iowa State distributed. And I was like, I was like, man, it's kind of funny how every team that Iowa State plays just happens to play so terrible on offense that day. Yeah. It really makes you think. It's weird. Hmm. It really makes you think. Hmm. You know, can't be any sort of coincidence or nope. anything. So it's, it's the same thing every week. They get lulled into the exact same trap that Iowa State will put, and then they will take advantage of it as they go. I like, feel like David Beatty won't do this. He'll be like, man, that's just a good team. <laughs> yeah, they played pretty well. Um, but yeah, like, if, if you look from the West Virginia game to this game, yeah. it's a freshman quarterback versus a senior quarterback, but they played almost the same way. He, I think the freshman actually probably played better than Greer did, but they... I don't think that that's even a debate, but yeah. They... Put pressure on him. By the end of the game, we talked about there being no patience because you lull them to sleep and they're, you're forcing them to take four yards, four yards, four yards, four yards all the way down the field. Then they try and make a big shot and they get behind the chains, throw a stupid pass and they're intercepted or they get a sack or then they have to punt. Mm-hmm. It, it happens every single drive, every single game. And Iowa State did the exact same thing again. And by the end of the game, the quarterback is feeling so much pressure. He'd been hit so many times that he made a stupid decision, threw the ball away, intentional grounding, in the end zone because he was afraid of getting hit, safety. That's the same thing that happened back-to-back weeks. Greer threw, pressing, or Greer and the Texas Tech kid, they throw a, they're down, they're not even down by much. West Virginia's down by a lot more, but like they're down, they start that pressing. That tied. It's 31-31. Yeah, they were, I was going to say, West Virginia was down. Yeah, yeah. But they start pressing, they throw a lot, or they start throwing stupid passes, and one gets picked off. Like, it's the same thing week to week. And teams still can't crack the code. And it, it's so, like we talked, I mean, there's not much to say from week. To, it's the same. Remember when we went into this year thinking, man, maybe, maybe these Big 12 offenses, they'll have, 
They'll have figured it. it out, you the, know? The three cloud. I mean, they've been more aggressive. Iowa State's changed. Yeah. Their, their adjustment to the adjustment is they've been a lot more aggressive. And so the the sit back there and wait for the ball, you know, pat your feet 45 times and wait for somebody to come open at his own because they're only rushing three, uh, it doesn't work anymore because they're bringing a lot more pressure. And so your game plan has to change on the fly, which you should see that by now. It's been three straight games where they've been aggressive, so you can't count on that. If you're going to sit back there, they're going to bring pressure in. Like, it's... It is so fundamentally sound. Like, it, it's, it's, again, it's almost not fun to talk about because it's the same. I mean, it's, they are so consistent, so fundamental from week to week to week to week to week mm-hmm. that opposing defenses still haven't figured it out. I mean, there's some things you can talk about. Camilo Tongamoa, because it was uh, uh, any Wazarike, which oh, Tongamoa filled in for a Wazarike. Like, that's a, that's a mouthful. Uh, but... Camilo Tongamoa started playing the defensive end position, which is not his natural position. He's naturally an interior lineman. But because Awazarike got hurt, Tongamoa played in and did okay. Yeah. Like, did a, did a fine job. Did a bang-up job. It, it was neat. And so him being adequate when he came into the game, when he was asked to come into the game, uh, kind of validates them earlier in the year, uh, which would have been the West Virginia game, when he, like, led the team onto the field because they're trying to give him confidence. Well, here's the situation, which they built him up last week or a while ago and bringing him in now. And all of a sudden you have a guy gets hurt. The system is in place that you just plug another guy in and it's as just as effective as it was before. You lose Joel Lanning. Cool. Plug in a couple freshmen though. Between those two, they're going to pick it up. I mean, it, it is impressive. It's, it's not by any means sexy, but it is impressive. Yeah. That kid, he got hit a lot, but it was not near what Greer did I mean, he only got sacked twice Greer got that guy was terrified he also threw it away a lot more yeah he would have been sacked seven times had he made the same poor decisions that will greer made yeah i still was just like by the time the game was over the some of the throws that he was making just to get rid of the ball pure fear oh yeah i was like dude this kid does not want to get hit at all pure fear. he's just getting he just is, is like i don't want this ball in my hands anymore mm-hmm. which is funny because like you said he hadn't even been hit that much and the other funny thing is Iowa State also had a freshman quarterback. And he got hit a lot. He got hit a lot. He also made himself get hit a lot. But he'll learn as he goes. He also drew some penalties kind of in that same vein. But neat. It is neat. All right, man. Let's, let's talk about Kansas for like five minutes because <laughs> I have to record another podcast after this one. And I'm uh, running out of mental energy. We are at about 80 minutes right now. All right. People going to fart on a Wednesday. What do you think about Kansas? No, well, yeah, I mean, I guess. What do you think about Kansas? Um, I really don't know much about them. I haven't looked that much, and I know that they're plus 16 in turnover margin. I did that research. You're welcome. <laughs> um, at least one of us is a professional here. <laughs> but the fun thing about Kansas, like I said, when you play at Kansas, there is no, there is no road advantage. Or there's no road disadvantage. Mm-hmm. But... The thing that you're usually going to get is, again, I haven't played. Like, was Beatty was there when Mangina was there, wasn't he? Or was he there? Okay. He was a coordinator for something. I think Beatty was like the wide receivers coach when Mangina was there. Something. But anyway, um, they're going to play a, uh, an aggressive, a relatively aggressive defense where they're going to bring pressure. At least they did when I was there, which is probably not a, a huge departure from what they're doing now. Uh, it's going to be a relatively aggressive defense. And if they execute it correctly, then you have the chance to catch people in, in a couple mistakes. But if they don't, then that's where the big plays come from. And that's where the Oklahoma's shred a Kansas is not in 
being better, although they are, it's in Kansas screwing up and you taking advantage of it. And so it really kind of depends on, um, we talk about that patience. It's kind of a different patience this time. It's wait and for your, wait for your opportunity. And then once there is that screw up, that's when you take advantage of it. And then somebody misses their gap. Somebody misses a ball. Somebody blows a coverage, score a touchdown off of it. Cause it's just the thing that Kansas has done for 10 years is just screw stuff up. Fair enough. I think I, I think I've had enough. You don't want any more. I'm just, yeah. I have, like I said, I have to record another podcast like in half an hour. I just need to, I need to decompress, recharge my batteries. You know, we went we went off the rails. Yeah, we did. This took a lot out of me. This took a, I my mental synapses have been synapsi synapses synapses have been. They've been uh, exhausted. Or synapses, if you will. Either way works. You could say either one. Either or either. Are you an either either guy? No, I just, I, either. I usually just say either. Are you an, a neither and neither guy? Neither. Neither? I'm, Who says neither? Uh, it's situation. Neither one. Neither, neither one. one. If neither starts the sentence, neither you nor I have done it. Neither you nor I have done it. Like, Neither sounds better in that context. Sounds much more official. It does. Like, I feel like you're either one. in a business meeting. Either one or either one. So that's more commanding. Hmm. Yeah. Thanks to Iowa Diamond for being the presenting sponsor of Football and Random Things. I'm sorry, Iowa Diamond. There's nothing to be sorry for. We really went. This is a very enjoyable podcast. They, they expect. I wonder what the sales pitch for that was. I feel like there was no sales pitch. This podcast was at this point it, before we started. It was just a concept. I don't think we even knew what the podcast was going to be <laughs> nope. before we started. And they were like, all right, you guys will talk. And you're gonna, it's going to be you know, the former football player. And they got the, the guy that does a lot of the reporting for the, for the football team. And we're going to talk about the, some football and get some, some serious conversation going on. And then we literally named it Fart. Football and Random Things. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. Football and Random Things, presented by Iowa Diamond. Please forgive me. Thanks, Jeff. Talk to you guys again soon. Like, super soon. Like, half an hour from now. Peace.